You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Yeah. <clears throat> there <clears throat> actually is so much healing in this place right now. You know, for you, just let, just let his healing love rest on you. For, uh, is it Andrea? Yeah. And is this, is this man with you right here? <laughs> I never want to assume anything. What's your name? Mike, Andrea and Mike. Uh, oh, wow, I just felt like, um, I felt like this is going to be a year when the, God just turns the music, his music, heavenly music up over your lives and a, and a, a real year of blessing for you. I actually saw a trouble turning into a treble, trouble <laughs> into a treble clef, you know, in music. And I felt like he's, he's just, he's transitioning you into a time of real blessing over your lives where you're going you're gonna to see multiplication over your lives. I just see multiplication signs all over you and you're just, God is just blessing you. Um, do you have a business? Uh, yeah. I just felt like such blessing on your business and, and God's pleasure over your decisions. You know, tough decisions that you've made um, that have cost you but they have been God-honoring decisions, and God is with you, and he's going to bless you and multiply you and bless others through you. I feel like you have a real giving heart. You have, you have the heart to give to others, and you want to give more, and he's going to make that happen. How about that? How about some of that? Hey, amen. It's good. It's so good in here. <laughs> Well, you know, if you really believe that you're walking in, Jesus is good everywhere, right? There's no hard place to be when Jesus is, is uh, living big in your heart. You know, you can just walk anywhere and feel like a solution looking for a problem sometimes, you know? <laughs> not always, but I, mean, I don't always feel that way, but, but there are a lot of times more than, more than not now where I feel like i got something to offer the world, you know? I hope you feel that way too, because you do. You've got something, you've got someone to offer the world. And we do have this treasure in earthen vessels, it's true. But I think it's, more, it's, it's smarter to concentrate on the treasure than it is the, the earth that contains it, right? Just to focus on Him. In fact, that's what I want to talk about today. Um, Second uh, Corinthians chapter three. If you have your Bibles, just want to encourage us in the Lord. How many of you believe it's better to be encouraged than discouraged? <laughs> okay, I believe it's God's God's will for us to be encouraged. Courage in. Um, Bible says, "Be strong in the Lord." and in the power of his might. Yes. That's, that means it's possible to, possible to be weak in the Lord, right? Because he's saying, choose to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're not talking about mind over matter, and I'm not talking about denial, acting like we don't have any problems or challenges in life, because how many of you know Jesus said you will have trouble? in this world, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world, and then another place it says, 
This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Wow. Pretty, pretty cool, huh? And so, here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Version. Um, wow. It's, it's all so good. If we just kind of, we don't have to read the entire chapter, although it is, a, it is one big, uh, complete thought. But um, it starts talking in verse 7 about the ministry of death, which really is the ministry of the law. Because he says, a ministry of death in letters engraved on stones, if it came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading as it was. So he's making the point. You know, the ministry of, of death, later called in verse 9, ministry of condemnation, it has glory. Right? It has some glory to it. Not as much glory as the new covenant, but it has glory to it. Oh. It says, how shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? Everybody say, more glory. <laughs> For the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. I just want to, I don't want to dwell on this, but you know, how many of you have been in a place where, or you know someone who's been in a place that lives in, in legalism as a Christian. It's, it's possible to live in, in legalism and you can see how it's attractive because it has some glory to it. It does have some glory to it. Um, but it's not God's will for us to walk in the law but to walk in the light of grace, right? So, Let's go to verse 10. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory in account of the glory that surpasses it. <laughs> the new covenant is so much more glorious than the old. I just felt like saying that really high. Ooh, where was I? Uh, 11. For that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory, having therefore such a hope. Whoa, I've got such a hope. And so do you. We use great boldness in our speech, and we are not as Moses, and who used to put a veil over his face, as the sons of Israel might not look intently at the end of what was fading away, but their minds were hardened. For until this very day at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, the law of Moses, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Isn't that awesome? Another translation says, where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, synonymous with freedom. Holy Spirit, life, synonymous with freedom. That mean, doesn't mean freedom to do whatever we want or even sin. Paul in another place says, may that never be. But it's freedom to live in Christ. Freedom to live according to his dictates. Freedom to live in love, hope, faith, forgiveness, all that good stuff. And verse 18 is, uh, is one of where I want to land the plane. But we all, 
with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Everybody say transformed. Into the same image. Same image. Say it again. Same image. From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. We are being transformed into the same image of Jesus from glory to glory, from one level of glory to the next. And that word transformed is the same word that's used when Jesus goes up on the mountain and, he, and he's transfigured. Ah, I think that's pretty cool. We're transformed from glory to glory. So, whereas you and I are not what we're going to be, we are not what we used to be. We're moving, right? We're progressing from glory to glory. And it says, just as we, we behold that glory, as like an image in a mirror, we're being transformed. So the name of my message is, what are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? Ever turn to your neighbor and go, what are you looking at? <laughs> I have just three simple points here <laughs> that says, whatever gets your attention gets you. Whatever gets your attention gets you. How many of you noticed that if, have you ever been critical of other people? I know I have. Right. Well, I won't ask for a show of hands. But even, not even with my mouth, but just inwardly critical. Look at that person. But if we don't watch it, we can really become self-righteous as Christians and kind of put people in their place in our minds. And, but I found out, you know what? Something weird happens. If I focus on the faults of others, I begin to fall into the same faults. Why? Because whatever gets my attention gets me. What are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? It's like it's it's a, it's a it's a principle of life that holds true, and it's just like we're drawn to what we look at. And Jesus said, "Be careful." Little eyes, what you see. <laughs> you know that old Sunday school song. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Because what we focus on gets us. So I was in, when I started wrestling in uh, junior high school, I was a real scrawny, uh, kind of a beanpole of a guy, you know. But I learned some things early on. Dave, come on up here. Let me help me out here. Um, I learned some things, a principle that was very helpful to me. I want you to kind of like slow motion, don't hurt me, d kind of dive toward my legs like the, you're going for a takedown. I learned this, <laughs> do it again, that if I can control the, the head of my opponent, I can control, control him, right? Like wherever his head goes, that's where he goes. It's very simple. So if somebody's diving at me, say they get, get to me, get to my legs, too quickly, if I can control his head and I can push it to the side one way or the other, I can adjust my position and I can regain 
at least a neutral position, if not a superior position toward my opponent. Right? Thank you, Dave. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, truth be told, he could take me. There's no doubt about that right now. But anyway, uh, see, see, God knows this, and, and the devil knows this, that it, whatever controls our head, our thinking controls us. Wherever our mind goes, that's where we go, right? And uh, it's just a principle of life. So whatever gets my attention gets me. So, you know, I've, in this election season, it's been so crazy. You know, I thought that after the election and after the inauguration, things would kind of just return to a nice calm. No, not at all. You know, it's just crazy out there. Some people are elated and some people are disgusted and there's hardly any middle ground in that. And I tell you what, it, it's easy. And I, I'm interested in politics just because I'm interested in, in people and I'm interested in what happens with people and what kind of country that we're going to be. And a lot of people are, have those very same interests. But I found out that if I think about that stuff too much, and especially if it riles me up and gets me angry on the inside, now, what gets my attention gets me, and I start walking around sour and angry. And you know what? I just will say this. This is, this is totally free. I'm, not, I'm giving this to you totally free. But when a person's God is government, that means a politician is their savior. And if the savior doesn't get elected, no matter who they, they are, it's an existential threat on that person's well-being and whether whether you were for for Trump or Hillary or Bernie or somebody else the fact of the matter is that Jesus is on the throne and he it, he reigns forever and ever and ever kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall and what's really important for us is to live our lives under the dictates of the lordship of Jesus Christ and not returns you know um, hate for hate you know, I, I feel like sometimes I'm tempted to look at the darkness that I see and throw, and throw some really good darkness right back at it, you know? Just find the best darkness I can find and hurl it back. Not a, not a good idea. Because if I'm, not, if I'm not keeping my eyes on Jesus, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm pulled into the swirl of what's going on in the world. The swirl of the world. It's a poem. You're welcome. So I got to look at Jesus. Second is like the first. We become what we behold. We become what we behold. This verse tells us that, that as we're beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into that same image. If we're looking at him, we're going to become more like him. That's what this verse tells us. We become what we behold. What are you looking at? I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get discouraged. I know that I'm the only one in here. But I got discouraged. A while back, and I was getting ready to go to sleep, and uh, I know this about me. 
that if I go to sleep discouraged, how do I wake up? Right. Because it's just, you know, nothing changes during the night unless God supernaturally comes in and does, does something in my sleep, then that's fine with me. But by and large, I think that the, more, the older I grow in the Lord, the more responsible I am for me. Right? You know, when I was, when I was younger, uh, the Lord did more stuff for me, I think. It's just like in a home with a parent, a parent and a child relationship. You do a lot more stuff for a child when it's young, right? That child gets older, gets to be 18, you're not laying out their clothes. You know, telling them to brush their teeth. All that. Why? Because you have developed in them a maturity for, that translates into self-government. Everybody say self-government. <laughs> and so I was, I was talking to the Lord about thoughts that were coming at me and and I was kind of crying out in sort of a whiny little way, you know, about it. You know, God, do something about this. I'm being attacked. And, and, and I said, God, what are you going to do to help me? And he said, control your thoughts. I thought, oh, okay. That's, there is that. There is that. You know, we're responsible for controlling our thoughts. This is the wonderful thing about the gospel is that God doesn't even want to control you. He gave you his spirit so you could control you. Right? So we are not waiting for him to do everything for us, but he is waiting to do everything with us. Big difference, right? We have this grandchild who's a finicky eater, and uh, he, he just defines the phrase picky eater. He will hardly eat. We just have to, you know, just have to make him sit in a chair and force him to eat. And he'll get him run off. And it's like, how does this child even stay alive without eating? They eat sometimes, but not really, you know what I'm saying. And um, we sit, one time we, um, we, <laughs> we were visiting them over the summer and we said, can we eat? He goes, it's not letting me. Like the food is not letting him. <laughs> you know, that's kind of crazy, but it's a little excuse that a, the child would come up with, you know. It's blame shifting. It's like, it's not me, it's the food is preventing me from eating. It's not letting me. So you just have to laugh, you know. And someday he'll change, but you know, when, if he's saying that when he's 16, it's not letting me. And may I say, that there are people who grow, they grow up physically and in years chronologically, but emotionally they're not very mature. Because they're, they're saying, life isn't letting me. This isn't letting me, that's not letting me. And I believe that God is, he's calling us to grow in our hearts and to take responsibility for our lives and take responsibility for what we're beholding because what we behold is what we'll become sometimes it takes some work to move things out of our view and move the right things in right sometimes it takes some effort to do that because it's very tempting to look at the wrong stuff and let our head be pushed down on the mat and let the enemy gain control. That's too convicting. Let's move on. 
And uh, this last thing I want to do is, is, is in relation to keep looking. Uh, if you want to turn to Daniel chapter 7, I think this is really re relevant to this time that we're in. I just want to point out one phrase that goes through this chapter. If you're not seeing, if you're not beholding the thing that's going to transform you into the glory, image of the glory of God, keep looking. Keep looking. In, in Daniel chapter 7, we see Daniel having these dreams and visions, and he sees the rise and fall of four earthly kingdoms. So you see there in verse 4, the first was like a lion, blah, blah, blah. Then he says in the second sentence of verse 4, I kept looking until its wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet. Then he sees another beast in verse 5. And then look at verse 6. He says, and after this, I kept looking. Say, I kept looking. Okay, okay. Four wings of a bird, blah, blah, blah. Verse 7, he says it again. I kept looking. Say it again. I kept looking. And look it over in verse 8. We're not going to read every word, uh, but I just want us to get this point. While I was contemplating the hordes, behold, another horn, a little one came up, and three of the first horns pulled out by the grist board, building it. It's a horn, I'm a great beast. And verse 9 it says, I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a burning fire. And then look at verse 13. No, no, no. Verse 11. It says, then I, what? Kept looking uh, because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. The horn, that horn, was speaking boastful words. But then he says, what? I kept looking until the beast was slain. And then, but then he gets distressed. Look at verse 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me. And the visions of my mind kept alarming me. And it goes on down. And it says in verse 18, But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. There's more. There's more. Look. At verse 21, he sees these ten horns in the mouth uttering great boasts. Verse 20. And verse 21, what does he say? I kept looking. And the horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering him until, everybody say until. The Ancient of Days came and His judgment was passed in the favor of the saints of the highest one. And a time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Now the question must be asked, when? Do the saints take possession of the kingdom? It says in verse 22, when? Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. When did that happen? When did that happen? On the cross. He received the judgment for our sins and judgment was passed in our favor and from that moment on, he has given to his people the kingdom. 
the saints took possession of the kingdom. The kingdom is everywhere the king is. Is the king inside of you? Right? Are you getting this? My point is that Daniel sees all of these earthly kingdoms, scary things happening in the world. Horns speaking bad things. The horns speak of authority. So you've got earthly authorities that are rising up and going, rah, 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 rah. Then he goes, I kept looking. He kept looking. Something in him caused him to keep looking until he saw the Ancient of Days take his throne. Come on now. So I'm, I'm telling you that this, hap this, this doesn't need to happen once for us. It needs to happen for us probably multiple times in our lives, countless times, and maybe even multiple times in every single day, depending on what you've got going on in your life. Because authorities around you can be very scary, right? People who are exercising control, people who are doing this and doing that. The point is, keep looking until you see the Ancient of Days on His throne. He's already on His throne. So we're not looking to make Him sit on His throne. We're looking to see Him as He is so we can see us as we are. Right? This is good. This is, this is behold, this is very good. <laughs> yeah. Keep looking. So what do we need to do? Very simple. Whatever your gets your attention, gets you. If you find yourself down, change what you are attending to. Change what you're beholding. Sometimes I have to walk away from the computer. Just walk away. See that, bat, that news on there and all that stuff, bad stuff going on in the world? So, and I don't live in denial of it, but I can't let it be central in my focus or my things will go downhill. You see, but it, it doesn't apply just to politics. It applies to anything that you've got going on in your life. How many of you got bad things going on at work? How many things you got bad things going on in your family? You don't have to raise your hand. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's you. <laughs> uh, on and on and on it goes. <laughs> but when we were focused on Jesus, it changes our perspective. Remember the psalm? I forget which psalm it is. Psalmist is going, man, when I see how the wicked prosper... I see how they're blessed. I'm living for God. They're not. They're blessed. I'm not. He goes on and on and on and on with that. You know, that litany of stuff. And then he goes, until I came into the sanctuary. God. And he had what we call a perspective I'm just saying it can change just like that. So I was just starting to tell you, I was discouraged the other, the other day. Just, I don't know. Sometimes, do you have discouraging thoughts that things aren't going to turn out right or you're not going to succeed in life or you don't have what it takes to, to make it in, in life or to do this or that in your life? And I had a number of those things swirl around my head and I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. I go, I go to bed and I'm thinking, oh, Dave... If you go to sleep like this, you're going to wake up like this. And uh, so I'm laying there and I'm thinking, okay, God, you know, I, I said, 
uh, I, played, I played the Bible card on Jesus. <laughs> you know, he lets you do that. You could say, you like, repeat his word back to him, and he goes, got me. <laughs> and uh, I said, Holy Spirit, you know, you're supposed to be helping me here. You know, you are the helper. That's your thing, right? It's like if you have a, a plumber come in and just sit on the couch, you go, hey, man, get up and start plumbing. <laughs> You know, you're a plumber. That's what you do. Well, we're not ordering God around. You know, we understand I'm using humor about this. But I said, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. You got to help me with this. And it was like not in, not in literal words, but the message came to me as I was laying there in the bed. It was like Holy Spirit was saying, well, you can act as if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, yours truly, doesn't really live in you and isn't really smeared all over you through the anointing and you can act as if I don't have a bunch of promises that I've given you that you can partake of my nature and you can claim for any situation in your life you can behave as if my grace is not sufficient for you and your life is just overwhelming my grace and you can behave as if you don't have a battalion of angels at your disposal to hearken unto the voice of the word of God to help you in everything. And you can act as if, you know, I don't lead you in my triumph through Christ and manifest through you the sweet aroma of the knowledge of me in every place. And you can, I said, okay, I, I get it. I, I got up from my bed and I, I, I and then, and then he, he just dropped, after this verse, he just dropped the mic. He goes, he goes, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Oh, don't you love the way God simplifies things? It's just like, believe me. So I went into that room with where the porcelain throne is, and, um, and, I, and I just paced back and forth. I shut the door. I raised my arms, and I, and I remembered the verse, Abraham believed God. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. And then I start, some things started coming to me like, ooh, some verses of Scripture, then some promises, and I started telling him what I believed about him. And I'm thinking, boy, this, he likes this. Did you know that Jesus said this wonderful thing, scary thing too, like, like he said, when, when the Son of Man returns, will he find what? Faith on the earth. Will you find believe, people believing believers? At some point, there are times when I have to just take myself by the ear and say, are you a believing believer or not? Are you believing God? Are you trusting Him? Oh my goodness. And then I started thinking about, I'm, not, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature should be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. All right. And then I started singing it, you know, not in a song that would ever be sung in a church or service or anything, but just going, I am persuaded, I'm persuaded, I am persuaded. By this time I was in the living room. I am persuaded, you know, some, the bathroom's not big enough for some of these things, you know. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor things present, nor things to come. When I went back to, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. I'm, I thought, whoa, 
I got a revelation out of that. Do you have a persuadable mind where the love of God is concerned? Or are you, hold, you holding him off, holding his love off? No, and I just said, Lord, I have a persuadable mind. I, I am completely persuadable that nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other creature. Whew, things present. You know what's going on in my life right now? Can't separate me from the love of God. Things to come. Anything in the future. You know, that arrow that the enemy shoots at you, what if? What if? What if? What if this happens? What if they say that? What if you say that and they say this? You know? What's he doing? He's stealing the future from us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He could steal the future by convincing us that there's something insurmountable in front of us that God's grace cannot handle. So I had to get up and I had to decide, I had to make a decision. What am I going to behold? What am I going to become? The, the person, the one person in my life that is the determining factor on what I become is me. Nobody can stop me but me. People can get in the way, but ultimately, the only person that can stop me is me. The good news is, if I choose to believe God, I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. We have grandchildren, so I, I kind of revert to talking like them sometimes. I'm unstoppable. I don't know why I brought this. I'm bringing this up. I'm sure God will help me to apply it to this message. But we have this. We have we have two-year-old, and I'll be through. Two-year-old, almost three-year-old granddaughter, and and she's a ham. I don't know where she gets it. But um, I did. I have this on video. If anybody wants to to watch it, probably I could show it to you in HD. <laughs> but anyway. Um, she, she, she mocks me, she, she imitates me. And uh, I said, and, and, and grandma is Mimi, right? And so I said to Juliet, Mimi is my baby. And she's got this, you know, a three-year-old voice, two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old voice, and she, but she lowers her voice like this, Mimi is my baby, like that. <laughs> and I said, Mimi is my baby. She went, Mimi is my baby. <laughs> And I go, and I love her. And she goes, and I love her. <laughs> and I go, and I love her. And she goes, her daughter. <laughs> she lowers her chin. She's trying to lower her voice, you know. And I love her. It goes on for a while. <laughs> but you know, she's, she's just repeating what she hears me say. And she's repeating her... Realities. She's kind of competing with me too, you know. And she wants Mimi to be her baby. And uh, but I think that if we could be more childlike and just simply repeat what Daddy says about us and about what is real, what is true, and what is reality. Oh my goodness, how lives would change! I tell you what, in a moment, matter of moments walking around that bathroom and that living room of ours saying those things, 
it changed. I wasn't, it wasn't an emotional jujitsu that I played on myself, you know. I tricked myself into feeling good. It's not that. The actual, real power and grace of God stirred up in me. And it changed my attitude and my outlook. And, I, and suddenly I was not feeling like a loser. I wasn't feeling defeated. I wasn't feeling like I wasn't going to make it because I believed God and it was reckoned to me. My grandpa used to say, I reckon. I reckon. Grandpa, can I help you pick up the eggs? I reckon you can. Our papa reckons a lot of stuff toward us is just as soon as we find somebody that will believe him. Somebody will believe that he's telling us the truth. Did you get anything out of this today at all? I'm encouraged. I'll tell you right now. Don't worry about the politics, you know, who's, who's in, who's out. Don't worry. God's got this. And he's got a plan, and we, we are part of it. No matter who's in charge. Mm. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. God is in charge. I said, Bill Johnson said, God is, God's not in control, but he is in charge. <laughs> and he said, every parent knows what that dynamic looks like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sila. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out what to do next. That's what I'm doing right here. Stalling. God is so good. Oh, I just feel his presence in this place. Wow. Well, I feel like I have a word for you. Would you stand up? Yes. What's your name? Lisa. Lisa. So, Lisa, I don't even know what my word, the word is yet. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? But I felt like this God highlighted you. I just feel like he's uh, wanting me to tell you that he wants you to know that you're chosen. That he chose you. And happy to do so. That he delights in you. He delights in you. And I feel like he wants you to know that um, he delights in the way that you relate to him. And how you have a childlike faith toward him. This is going to grow and grow and grow. And I feel like there's some wonderful things in your life that are going to mushroom this year. Yeah. And uh, in spite of circumstances. And you know, I've heard the word mushroom, and I felt like he wanted you to know that, you know, like just like mushrooms will, will grow in adverse, seemingly adverse circumstances, you throw a few boards out on a, on a pasture somewhere, and a little while later, lift up those boards, and there's mushrooms underneath there. You know, they they don't they don't mind growing. They're not they're not hindered from growing under pressure, and even covered up and obscured. And I just felt like he wants you to know that that good things are going to mushroom in your life, no matter what the external circumstances 
the adverse circumstances of your life are. I feel like there's two. There's just like a healing anointing on you. And in, just in particular, Dave, would you come over here and just lay your hands on her, uh, Lisa, that I felt like even out of your left hand, you know, sometimes God just like, <laughs> you'll have a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in one hand and not the other one. And that's the hand that he wants you to lay on people. So I just feel like there's a real anointing for you to bring healing into people's lives and lay hands on them, left hand. <laughs> and I just want to feel like I'm seeing children, some children around you that uh, you're going to, they're going to know that God's real because you allow God use you, to use you in healing in their lives. And so we just release that. Just extend your hands out to our Lisa. We just release that over her right now in Jesus' name. And there's financial blessing coming your way as well. Provision. And I even feel like um, there's something about missions over your life um, that God's going to enable you to do uh, what you desire to do in the way of missions. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Well, let's celebrate with Lisa. Yeah, that's awesome. Come on. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. wow. It's kind of like this everybody. Come on. Well, ever since we sang that song about, you know, shaky, 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 <laughs> it's kind of cute to sing but in church. But, but I really feel like the Lord seriously was focusing on that. He wanted us to focus on that. And I got a picture this morning of, there's times when I, uh, uh, this just makes me break out in hives talking about it, but when you put a load of wash in and when you open the washer when it's done and you know it's all over everything, somebody had a Kleenex in the pocket. Oh, it's so annoying. And, somebody. Somebody. <laughs> somebody should remain nameless, but he's, He's the only other person living in the house at the time, so. Mm. Okay, but anyway. When I find him. <laughs> you make sure you mm -hmm. remind him to clean out his pockets. Anyway, but, you know, I was thinking about God just is saying, there, I'm a visual person, and so this really speaks to me, that um, just through life, you know, even though those clothes are clean, there's still stuff, Kleenex, stuck in the pockets, inside. You know, you're like having to turn them inside out even to shake them, to shake it out, to get all that Kleenex off everything. That even though, you know, Jesus has cleansed us and, and we are righteous in his eyes, there's still stuff that gets on us as we just go through life. And that I just think we don't have to do anything publicly right now, but I just feel encouraged myself and to encourage you that the Lord really does want us to ask him to shake us and to shake stuff off that is not of him, which goes along to, I mean, the Lord many times is saying, remember, whatever you attend to, attend to my word, and, and then, you know, um, you will find life and health in all your flesh, and that whatever you look at has you. And so I have to do this myself and just say, Lord, help me. Do I need to, sometimes he has me shake off HGTV because I can be very addicted 
to HGTV. Whoa. Whoa. And I justify it by going, Whoa. well, it's not. That's big. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And, um, but it's so sweet. It's like he is doing the shaking on me. And when he does that, it's so much easier than me trying to shake it off myself. And so I will ask him, Lord, now I'm going to put it this way. Shake off of me anything that is not of you, that robs my, my relationship with you, that has my attention where you should have my attention. There's nothing wrong with HGTV. There are certain shows I will turn off on there for other reasons that offend me. But other than that, there's really nothing wrong. You know, there's, it's not an evil show. It's not an evil network or anything. But if it takes the place of the Lord's focus in my life, it becomes an idol. And then that begins to be what I think about all the time. So for me personally, that's one of the things God's had to shake me. And I could still watch it every now and then, but I can tell when it's time for a shaking. And so uh, I just hope you can remember that picture of him just shaking it. But I love that he was doing the shaking, mm -hmm. you know, um, although I'm the one shaking the Kleenex off all the clothes. But anyway, I just love that because the Lord is so sweet and so gentle. And, and, and you know how he is. I mean, he just helps you to change um, in big ways and small ways just by a simple word, you know, or just a simple impression. Or you can just tell you're hurting his heart or whatever. But anyway, yeah, that mm -hmm. I, I'll be thinking about that shaky, shaky song for mm -hmm. a long time. We're going okay. to pray for inner healing for Sandy for that um, Kleenex. <laughs> and then we'll have prayer for something else. Something else. Yeah, for me not to put the Kleenex in there. Okay. Well, I'm going to hand it over to Rick. And uh, thank you for having us again. You guys are awesome. We love you. We love Rick and Debbie. And and enjoy Mexican food with them from time to time. And that's just about as close to heaven as you can get right there. It is. They've been digging. Okay. Was that good? Amen. We're probably not done yet. Oh, you can just Did it, hit stop. it need a stop? I don't know what the stop button is. I don't either. I've never been to that page. <laughs> Adventures. It stopped. You're good. Okay. Thank you. Wow. That was good. All morning there was just a, a childlikeness. I think from the time of the shaky, 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 pakey shake and bake time and then ending with Jesus loves me and and, and so, so I was looking and Jesus says <clears throat> he called to he called a child to himself and set him before them and said truly I say to you unless you're converted and become like children you will not enter the kingdom of heaven whoever then humbles himself as this child he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven I, I just felt like we got a, a glimpse at some greatness this morning. I appreciate Dave's heart and, and his, his childlike pursuit of the Lord and the King and his kingdom. And uh, it's, it's just so precious. Have you noticed I, around Dave, there's never any competition. I, I love the way he just invites uh, all his class. And Dave, great to have you with us today. 
and, and the students and, and just to minister. Um, does anyone else have anything from the Lord that you think is appropriate right now? It's not just because you want attention. Uh, you're, you're, you're not going to jump up because there's an opportunity with the microphone, but you really feel like the Lord's put something and it's for us. Dynamite. Five stars. Five stars. Okay, good, good. Thank you, Marcus. I don't need the microphone because y'all can hear me. I just want to thank God because I came to this church years ago and there's a gentleman that was my counselor. And every time I drove by here in the last week, he's told me, and God's told me, come back to this church. And unfortunately, I found out he's not here now. He left this world. And it breaks my heart, but I'm back. And I'm back to stay. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, students, anybody got a word of knowledge? Don't sit on it. Okay. Yes. It was a treasure chest, and then also before earlier, I got an earache. Chest. Anybody got an earache? Anybody want a treasure chest? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, it has treasures. I'm reading the Passion Translation of Colossians, and, and there he, he's talking about for us to fulfill our destiny, that we have to access the wealth that's in heaven for us. And the concept of treasure is there, and the treasures that we need if we're going to fulfill our destiny. So Lord, I just pray that you would make known to us those heavenly treasures that you have for us, the wealth that is ours through birthright, in Christ Jesus, that we would be able to appropriate access and implement them so that we would see our destinies, our calling fulfilled here in the earth. We pray peace, Lord, upon everyone. Pray that the peace that passes all understanding would just guard us, our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And thank you for this wonderful day and this opportunity to come and just adore you, for you are worthy. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.